just sharing some of the jewels or treasure that we've got so good at creating together. I hope that this just keeps going with the EHP groups and further connections together. I feel really glad. Hearing some of the background conversation, and Chloe and I thought it would be wise to have a conversation about mm, relation relating constructs and what else is possible. How would you say it? Can you start? Okay. Well, it, I found it interesting that we had a number of frying pans between the past lab and this lab, and when it came to Polish relating, the story was kind of about the same, which is the woman being pissed off that a man goes and sees or sleeps or engages with other women. And but it got me thinking about what is that? What is this? And I don't think it's only in Poland, but it just it keep it's just the same thing over and over again here. Can I say the yeah. little sentence? Yeah. It was like it was she uh, he is angry because she's trying to control him and and she is angry because he's lying. So you have this really deception, uh, control, fierce battle going on in the name of relating. Does anybody know what we're talking about? Okay. Great. So it seems to me that that part of this, what do you call it, war that's mm -hmm. going, the, the control, line, deception, war, comes out of this construct called monogamy. And that is embedded in the construct of marriage in most, whatever, Western modern culture marriages. But I would let you talk about that as a, as a specialist. <laughs> when I was in college, when I escaped my parents' house, I was 18. I escaped so quickly that I did not even stick around for my high school graduation. So as soon as I could, I took a flight from California all the way across the United States of America to North Carolina and was in a National Science Foundation summer science program in 1970. And then I was out of my parents' house. I knew nothing, basically. <clears throat> and ended up in a college in Northern California, 400 miles away from my parents' house. So they could not visit me and I could not visit them. So I was out there in the world and I started trying to figure out what life was about and what women were about because I had two brothers and a father and a mother. And the mother was locked down to about 13 years old because that's when her father was killed in World War II and she just stuck her feelings there. So she was about 13 years old. My father was a good guy, yeah. So he just did the job and that was his life. So, so I didn't have much, <clears throat> anyway, I ended up not being monogamous 
that, what did that mean? It meant, well, I was just alive. And I had, I don't know, life was going along, and then I ended up getting married. So when I got married, I did a marriage ceremony. And, but before that, I mean, it was irresponsible. I mean, what? You were, it was more irresponsible. I mean, you no. were not initiated. True. I was not initiated, but it was not irresponsible. Okay. I was pretty good at communicating, and things were great. Okay. Things were great. I did a lot of amazing experiments, and and then ended up uh, buying into the cultural, you know, this is this thing called marriage. I got married, and then, uh, it, so, <clears throat> I stayed in that thing for 25 years. Stayed, and in fact, even when I got divorced, I was still monogamous. I got married again, if you can believe it. I was still monogamous. I got divorced again, and I was still monogamous. So then I was finally lost enough. I was broken enough, whatever, to to question what's really going on. And that's in, a, in an inquiry process. I discovered myself locked into this mimetic construct called monogamy, and it started the day I got married. And so. And I went through it for 25 years in the first marriage, and another 12 in the second marriage, and then, then I was I was in this experience which some of you have had, which is I'm in a prison. I have locked myself into this prison. Well, how did I get in here? So I started looking around for the door. So I got in through a door. And amazingly enough, the door had a, a lock, and the key was in the lock on the inside of the prison. So for all this time, I had locked myself into the prison and left the key in the door. <clears throat> I still remember this moment of having enough courage, it's totally terrifying, walking over to the door, turning the key, standing there for a while, and then opening the door and staying in the prison for a while, and taking the first step out of the prison into this huge, vastly open other territory, and standing there, taking one or two more steps, and from there, I could see the original prison that I was in called monogamy, and I could also see a number of other prisons out there available for me to go into if I wanted to. And one of the prisons is called polyamory, another one is called um, amorph... what? Amor... What? It's the thing from the Mormons? What's that called? Polygamy. Polygamy. <laughs> And then there's another one from, whatever, can people name other prisons out there, these constructs? Can you, can you name any? This is anarchy, like, uh, like anarchy, anarchy, like that you yeah. don't have anything that you are free at the same time, somehow. Okay, anarchist relationship. Yes. Okay, that was out there. And any other ones? I mean, I, I knew a four-way marriage. Four-way marriage? Yes. Okay. All right. So there's a lot of... 
Anybody else have one? Single is also a construct. Single. Being, being single, yeah. Being single, yeah. Box lessons. Yeah, it's called a box construct. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Move into a box in the city and stay in your box and be single then. It's like the bachelor thing or whatever. And so, okay, all those constructs are out there. And I just decided to not go in any of them. So there is no construct where I'm standing for the last however long it's been. Eight years or something, I don't know. Seven years. So, <clears throat> I'm not promoting anything except clarity and responsibility. Awareness, consciousness, choice, clarity, responsibility. And what Ang the picture that Anne Chloe painted is grim. It's a grim picture. Grim means dreary. It does not have a bright future. It looks torturous. The picture that Aunt Chloe just painted, which is he hates her for trying to control him and she hates him for lying. And they're, and they're stuck inside this co construct called monogamy. So we wanted to put that on the table and talk about it for a while. I just want to add part of the construct of monogamy that it really came up in this process we were doing with about Mm. You, you have to be everything that I need. I have to be everything that you need. And the needs get fulfilled in this space of relating. The, so the, all the, yeah, all the needs, all the aliveness needs to be here. The aliveness is here. And if you're having aliveness with somebody else, then you're cheating on them. Something like that. And, and the point being that without negotiating or investigating the context of your relating, then your relating is unconscious. And if your relating is unconscious, it feeds unconscious purposes, which are gremlin purposes. Basically, essentially a setup for resentment, revenge, hatred, depression, a despair, isolation, and grief. Grief in the big sense of the word, meaning like, what the fuck? Why am I alive? That kind of grief. So, and, uh, so I, it, it seems to me that because of this pain of the monogamous construct, a lot of edge workers have been doing this research. And then, there's, then it built this other construct of polyamory and polygamy and four-way marriages and open relationship, I guess, is another one. And the, the clarity or the proposal about that is that it, it lacks enormous amount of clarity in these constructs. And so they've really, in my experience, or what I notice being around these people, is just really feeding ground for the gremlin. Because there's no clarity about gremlin, there's no clarity about assumption, expectation, resentment, revenge, white widow, gray widow, black widow, and all this fear. You know, it's a great playground for people who are afraid of relating. I'm going to have the honeymoon period with one person, which is about three months. You know, great passion. It's like one of those peaks, you know. And then after three months, 
the box starts noticing the other person's box. I don't want to have to evolve. I don't want. I don't want to have to change my box. I don't want to have to negotiate. Well, how do we live together when we both have a box and a gremlin and a being? So I'm going to go find somebody else, and and just like that. So, so I'm not saying it, um, it's bad, but I, what I'm saying is I um, I would guess that a number of you have been also exploring these options. And not just the monogamous construct, but other construct. And I just wanted to talk about them a little bit. If you research the monogamy thing, <coughs> you'll realize that <coughs> it originated about the same time as patriarchy. And that makes sense in a patriarchal worldview because when you start cutting up the earth into sections of land that you get a piece of paper that says that you own the land, which is a, a completely impossible concept. It's just some concept. I own this piece of land because my name is on this piece of paper, and I pay taxes to a government because I own this piece of land. So that whole construct is a game world, and it's, it's insane in, you know, from a real perspective. But however, it's, it's pretty much uh, a virus, a, a mimetic virus that has invaded most of planet Earth and most human beings. And so this idea of owning a piece of land, when, when you die, what happens to the ownership of the land? So the construct is built up that you, your, your land can be inherited by your children. All right, well, what's the name of the children? What name do we put on there? And so. The construct in the patriarchy is that the woman takes the man's name because she is the possession of the master of the house, the patriarch, and then the children take on the man's name, and then the oldest man inherits the land. So then, then it's, not, it's less chaos. If somebody dies, everybody knows where the land goes. It goes to the oldest son. And then, so this land can be handed down from generation to generation. And it goes out to bank accounts and other possessions. And, and so the ownership, so this ownership thing is, is, is why you would have the marriage construct so that when you're having children, you know who the father is. Because the father is the one that you're going to inherit the stuff from. So if a woman has, is in related, not married, and she's having children from different people, then where does the, who inherits the property? And so this is a solution to that problem. And that's where essentially marriage came from. If you research it, you'll find this kind of stuff. So it's, it has no point. I mean, it's based on this false premise that a human being can own land on planet Earth. It's an incredibly insane kind of weird construct that people believe in, and just because they can understand it, they think it's true. Just that there's many things we can understand that have no connection to reality, and this is one of them. So you can buy into that mimetic construct world, or play in that game world, and then you try to own properties, and, and so that your, your children can receive the properties that you build up, and then whoever dies with the most property wins, and your children go insane because their life, they don't have a life, they have properties, and the property and their life is dedicated to protecting their property. So they don't have a life because they 
are, are trapped in this ownership world. Of they own a building in some city, they receive the rent from the building, or, and, and that's, if they get rid of that, they might die. So they are trapped in the construct. And, and it's true for also now immaterial property, such as corporations or mm -hmm. businesses or whatever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Therefore, Marcus is going to say something. Something I just noticed from like what is the sense or the benefit from the construct is that I do not have like basically the the construct takes responsibility over my child fears, my emotional fears or emotions basically. Like what fears of what? Well the fear of being alone or yeah, the fear of not um the fear of being self-responsible, basically, and, and therefore having to make choices in, in the world for myself. Yeah. And so they all get basically held in that construct, so they don't appear. That's what I get. Yeah. And then an amalgamous construct takes away responsibility from checking in with myself, with other state, other ego states, where my desire comes from. So, because I, I don't know, I know I am monogamous. So, and my partner, let's say, or my yeah, my partner is monogamous. So, uh, we have either option of having sex with each other or leave. And then, when there is a desire, we think we have to or want to. Uh, fulfill outside of the relationship, we don't even check from <coughs> which eye this desire comes from and what is not happening in my relationship. So if there was no construct of monogamy, I would have to be always alive and always in, come in touch with the presence and really be in, yeah, really be in presence with my needs and desires and needs of desires and my other parts needs of desires. So actually not being monogamous, it doesn't mean that I go and, I don't know, fuck with everyone, but I'm just much more responsible and conscious and take responsibility for aliveness ongoingly happening. I'm going to add one more thing in. Is that okay for you guys? Yes to add to the conversation, which is patriarchal sex. It's essentially that a man owns a woman or any woman because women are subspecies. And then when a man wants sex, he goes to the woman and turns her on. So he does whatever he does to turn on the woman who then submits to the man's fantasy, whatever, and, and does what the man wants to do, and then the man goes away, essentially. And so, does anybody know what I'm talking about? So this is, this is patriarchal sex. So I had patriarchal sex in my marriages. That was, I didn't know anything else. And the women played along because they didn't know anything else. And 
now that I look back on it, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm, I'm in disbelief, I'm sorry, I have like shame, which is this mixed emotion of the things I'm talking about, angry and sad and scared. And, I, and it's like, okay, what else is there? And what, there, what else there is, is outside of the construct, there's no more patriarchal sex. So after all these years of the habit of having like a sex toy, basically, or a thing that I could turn on whenever I wanted to, so that it would do the sex thing with me, then I don't have that anymore. I do not have that anymore. What do I have? Well, I have, starting at zero, basically, all the time, and negotiations, or aliveness. <coughs> the aliveness of not having a pattern, not having a known way to not having, not being around some woman who's going to submit to getting turned on by, quote unquote, turned on by some male, whatever, who wants to have sex. So, what, what is there after that? Well, there's negotiations, there's things that we've been practicing. There's making offers, making interesting offers, holding space, navigating space, calling, calling in make extraordinary and archetypal spaces. There's a whole tons of stuff above and beyond patriarchal sex. I just wanted to add that in while you guys were going to say something. I, I want to add sort of the woman perspective and, and that of the patriarchal sex is, anyway, for me it looked something like, I don't want to have patriarchal sex, so I'm not really turned on. Like that. And then the man is saying, well, we're not having enough sex. And then, then the fear comes up of Kai. If he's not having enough sex, then he's going to leave me. So I'm going to have, so let's have sex now. And it, that was the pattern for me. It, it was this, this, the sex would only be under the threat of the man leaving because not getting what he wants. So, something like that. And I, just in my conversation with other women, I noticed that was what was happening for a lot of women. And so the healing from patriarchal sex and, and thousands of years of that, that includes you know, rape and abuse and being killed and <coughs> sex trafficking, yeah. slavery, porn, so it, it, takes a, it takes a while. I think it's, for me it would be it's going to be a lifelong journey of healing and discovering of there's this part of okay is it safe is what safe? yeah is the space of sexuality safe meaning is the men one time you know will lose it and be i you know i need to have, i want to have sex and if you don't i don't have sex you know i leave you something like that so i needed to to test like to try that out you know is he for real or not you know, is he, is it, is it a real change or is he pretending or something like that? So that takes a while and then there's this whole other time of, what, what do I want? Nobody ever asked me what I wanted for 6,000 years. 6,000 years, so what do I want? And, and that's the lifelong journey for me. As also as I'm, I'm evolving and I'm on a path of evolution and, 
you know, part of my being unfold and other parts of my body unfold. And, and so, and this is, you know, in a way it's also sex in five bodies. So we're talking about sex in five bodies, not just physical sex. Yeah, and it, it involves a lot of emotional healing process, a lot of rage, a lot of boundaries, a lot of healing from abuse, so really many dimension. So just in terms of that, the this website that I mentioned for the sexual abuse, we're all in that. We're all in that. We're really all in to some degree or another. And that's part of this of of exiting the construct of, of patriarchal sex is to do the healing for both the men and the women. And, and you know, this idea, I know that in other lives we were men and in other lives we were women. Where it, the, I was just thinking about that a couple days ago, and it seems to me that because I'm incarnated in a female body, then I get to carry more female wounds, whatever, female, it's kind of more of my job to do the female healing. And the people who are incarnated in the male body have more of the job of doing the male healing. And so it's not a perfect theory, but I was getting something like that. Okay. What I notice often is when we started having this conversation about the construct of relating or the other possibilities outside of construct of relating, the conversation steers really quickly towards some sex and, and meaning physic, physical sex. Penetration, something like that. And it's like, okay, well, what about the other four bodies? I mean, what about the other five bodies? What about, and so this conversation about monogamy or polyamory, or, you know, the idea is I have one sex partner, I have multiple sex partner. But it's so limiting in terms of what relating is. It's just so. Mm, so I just wanted to put that in. There's a, a wider conversation than that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just learning to negotiate intimacy and, and just learning to get grip enough on my child ego state and my grandmother to be able to do that. And I'm noticing like as an uninitiated man, I'm not able to do it because I've, I have not been able to do that for most of my life. And then the only way to relate actually is to go into a construct. Mm. Otherwise, it's not possible. <clears throat> Can you just say why it's not possible? It's like I wasn't able to to negotiate intimacy. I was just not able, and then and then I, I couldn't have that, so to kind of have some kind of intimacy... You you're not able because you don't know what you want, or because you're afraid of asking for what you want, or you're afraid of being... What's the not able part? Yeah, the not, not able part is kind of being full of child needs, okay. and not being able to feel what I want, and being too afraid to ask what somebody else wants, afraid of rejection, and all that. Okay. So... So that option was not really there, and then a possibility to have some kind of relating to go to a construct. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One thing that I would throw in there is, what's the purpose? Why are you relating? 
what's the purpose of relating? And that can be, people can choose whatever, but what I was saying was, okay, well, he was relating because he had child needs and he wanted his child needs to be fulfilled. So that's mostly, mostly what's out there because most people are uninitiated is that they relate so that they can have some kind of child or gremlin need fulfilled. And so it's useful to have that kind of question. What's the purpose of my relating with this person? And then I was having this conversation about echo and echo putting people together for certain purpose of relating. And the purpose, it seems like, is evolution, something to do with possibly if you have enough freedom of movement that you, that you get to be put with somebody so that your archetypal lineage can be ignited, you can do your work, in whatever, There's, these archetypal lineage needs to come together for your work. And that means in terms of partnership, let's say like primary partnership, but that's also true for whatever, teams or three cells, or something like that. And so it's, there's this question, what's, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of making such moves in, in relating? That would be one thing. And then something else that I, this is my own edge of research and discovery is about this thing called the archaeical woman. So in terms of having, re relating, outside of the construct of monogamy, which is a patriarchal construct, possibly discovering archaeical, which is a cultural, archaeical relating, well, one would need to be, as a woman, one would need to be an archaeical woman, or be on this path of the archaeical woman. And whatever, the archaeological woman is very different from any kind of role model that we've been given by our mothers and grandmothers and so on and so forth, the TVs, even the superhero women are not quite, they're not it, they're not, so there's no model for who she is or what she is or what's her purpose, you know, how, why does she relate? And, but what I'm, what, I, what I'm getting in my own path is that it's like there's this fierceness. There's this, there's this fierceness of being unwilling to play the patriarchal game, to play the little girl, adaptive, sweet, because I might, might be alone. It's like I, the archaeological woman would be willing to sacrifice relating if that means that that's what it would take for the patriarchal game to collapse. That, so, it's like what I said about the movie after Don Juan de Marco, you know, I, there was no woman talking. It's like, okay, why are women talking? Why are women saying, I've been longing for this. I, who, what do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to to get this? Or this grief, this immense grief and rage and, and fear about where is this? Who are the people who relate like this outside of a movie? No, what's my path? What's my path to to experience this? And I, so I asked, have you given up? Or you think that's not possible? Or I, I don't know what. And 
I don't know, it's a scary, it's a scary territory for me. It's a scary question about not, not having enough dignity or integrity or fucking rage or uh, some kind of access to what's possible. I, I think inside of the women, whatever I'm talking about, women here, there's this thing about what's possible. And maybe it's been so painful because you, you, you didn't get it or got crushed, you tried and it failed, that you just put it away. You're just, okay, I'm going to do the at least thing. I'm going to have at least. And yes, there's also whatever, child contamination and grammar contamination and the fact that we're not being initiated and so on and so forth. But in terms of, I don't know, it's, it's so, the construct, like Marcus said or other people said, the construct is so tasty. The construct is so safe. Construct, it's like I know how it goes. I get to have a partner. But it seems to me if there's not some kind of longing for, this huge longing for something else, and maybe you don't know what, whatever, this longing for something else, then there's not enough drive, there's not enough force, you know, this is not a good idea. What we're talking about is not a good idea, it's a choice, it's a really personal choice. But I had to dig inside of myself to have to find this longing again. Mm. I had to really dig inside of myself. And it, it came with a lot of grief and a lot of rage and fear. God, what if I don't get it? What if I don't ever get this? What if I don't get to enter this ever? Okay, well, we have a new map of fear. You can feel fear and be okay. I was having this conversation with this woman and she said, well, I'm afraid because if I tell my partner you can't have sex with other women, or with other, yeah, with other women, then I'm a controlling bitch and I don't want to be a controlling bitch. And so then my choice is either I let, let him do whatever he wants or I stuck him into the concept of monogamy or something like that. That was kind of her choices. And she lived in Zeg, and she was like, I don't do the open relationship anymore. Uh, let's have sex with any, every, anyone we want because it doesn't work. Just like, I did it for five years in Zeg, and it just doesn't work. There's too much, whatever, too much gremlin and child. So we were, we were talking, we were researching, we were just discovering this thing, and what I got at the end of this conversation is, in terms of human, human being and our evolution as human being, what it seems like to me, and it could be that you have different experiences, but what it seems like to me is we're barely getting a taste of what adulthood is like. We're barely getting a taste of what archetypal is like. And to think that we can throw in the variable of sex into that when we're barely getting initiated seems a little not so, how do you say it? Seems dangerous, what would you say? Yeah, useful. Yeah, to just throw that in that variable. So, because I haven't seen it to work, I mean, whatever. But, 
And, but I said, what about distinguishing between love and sex? It's like people put it together. Love and sex is together. What about distinguishing between love and sex? And, and then you can have the option, I want more love. I want to be experienced, I want to be able to create more love, I want to be able to create more love with a bunch of people, and I want my partner to create more love with also a bunch of other people. And love shows up in very different ways. Right? For example, in the past five days, there's been a lot of love, I've created a lot of love. And, and then let's, let's negotiate about the sex. Let's see about that. And but then the conversation is not about sex anymore. It's about love. So it's 1.15. Does anybody need anything about this? Now. It just feels to me we're not very adept at having this conversation. <clears throat> I think there's tons of shit going around inside of everybody and we don't have words or courage or clarity or commitment or boldness or we have so many blocks or beliefs or pain, etc. about having this conversation. Yeah, adding to, I noticed like what you were saying, I, I noticed that I, when we watched the film of Don Juan de Marco, I noticed I didn't have many words. And just to add on what you're saying is that I noticed that this film is working in me since then, like, and then the stuff came up that I'm processing and also finding, starting to find words for, but I would want to just acknowledge that, yes, it's the case that there's a lot going on in me. I was feeling a lot of fear when watching the Don Juan de Marco film, because I was, I was scared that um, that he's doing the white widow thing, and this is like a trick. So the film is a trick, and if I, I don't know, if I buy into the story, I'm just confirming that I'm a white widow or something. So I just wanted to share that fear. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> I have a question in myself. So, is there any reason to make some kind of ritual or connection, men and women? on the adult or archetypical level, like, you know, so the ritual is because, okay, so we decide to be clear, not doing this anymore, child, granny and parent, so it can somehow focus us on this, uh, yeah, levels. I think I get your question. The the end, there would be something negotiating the context of, of related. That would be the ritual. Yes. But it's an ongoing ritual. Mm -hmm. It's not like you do it once and then it's set for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, but mm -hmm. in the ongoing relationship, like it was like before, so is it like a shift or maybe new space or we are going there? Like the decision is somehow. Well, it could be like something. by the ritual. Yeah, I mean, it could be something like this, where you meet up with your partner and you say, I have a proposal. You know, and who knows if they're going to accept the proposal or not. Proposal is a proposal we start over. Just we 
start over from zero. Hello, my name is and and I have wants, I have proposals, I have ideas, I have offers for intimacy, and I, I, actually I'm interested in doing that with you. What do you think about my proposal? And and you could so and and start really slow. To consider to consider that you've not negotiated just about anything before. You know, maybe you've negotiated who works and who works which day and who brings in the money. I don't know what, but in terms of five body, hundred percent food five body, consider that you haven't really kind of negotiated anything. So take a step one, maybe step at a time. And when you notice an assumption, say, God, I made this assumption. And I'm withdrawing the assumption. What, what do you mean by this? What I really wanted to say was, what I, what I mean by this is, does that, do you have a different experience? So it's, it's like I realized that it's really small now, a very small now. You know, in a, in a construct, like the way you were saying it is, we've had these all these years together. And then your relating happens in a very big now. Yes. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. So and okay, then then that's it. You know, then you, you don't get to really be present. So that would be the proposal is we start over in a small now. I'd like to meet you. And say that. Yeah, I'd like to meet you. I've been living with nine years or however many years of assumption about you. And that's what Marlon Brunner does at the end. He says, I'd like to meet you. We've been together, how many years was it? 40 years together or something. What are your hopes and dreams and who did you want to be? And that could be the ongoing conversation. Especially if both of you are on the path of evolution, these things that change so fast and so radically and so amazingly. Thank you. I propose lunch. I accept. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I propose we meet back at 2.15.